Salutations to all. Welcome to the newest edition of Forward Pass Thinking Audio Content. I'm your host, Jonders, as always, and with me, very special guest, Patrick Claybon. Patrick Claybon, how the heck are you? Yeah, what's up, man? I'm, I'm doing great. Just uh, got done with a mediocre workout and um, getting ready to delve into some internet for the day. That's hey, well, that's a kind of a scary place. But I have to tell you off the bat that you have grabbed the title from our from Mark Istook. You are now the most handsome guest ever on Ford Pass Thinking Audio Content. How do you feel about this? I, I am in direct opposition to that. Uh, Mark Istook um, is a striking man. If, hmm. you, if you're ever anywhere near him, um, you 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 lay eyes on him and you and you're like, wow, this guy. Like, in, fun in fact, person fun beauty. Marcus, yeah, no, this is. Real life Marcus Cook story. Um, so before I got to the NFL Network, we we come in and we're doing auditions for NFL Now, of course, uh, which Mark um, is a big part of and is uh-huh. always a big part of, of founding. And he's he's expanded beyond that at this point. But we get there, we're doing these auditions, and I see that I'm up against Marcus Cook. And John, to be honest, like I was, I was just like, all right, I'm not going to get a job. <laughs> this guy, this dude is talented. Uh, he's multi-talented, and he is uh, chiseled from the finest materials that our, our planet can offer. And so, uh, yeah, just a, just a, a big Marcustic fan. Uh, not just as a extremely, really, really ridiculously good-looking person, but as a person as well. He's wow. a he's a good dude. Maybe not the most handsome, but definitely the most humble. This is great stuff. <laughs> So I reached out to you last week. You put out a Twitter poll, or you retweeted a Twitter poll that said uh, it seemed like you were insinuating that you would rather find out that your wife is a internet troll than the mad pooper. The mad pooper being the lady who poops in people's yards while she's jogging. Is this right? Did I in- insinuate correctly? One hundred percent. You're spot on. I saw the poll from a uh, uh, my dude Mike Golick Jr., uh, the ESPN employee. Uh, just a good dude. A good follow on Twitter and Golick. JR57. He, he tweeted the poll and I clicked on it and I was shocked to see how many people would prefer that their wife or husband or significant other at all be an extreme internet troll. <laughs> it, it's extreme, not great. In, yeah. Yeah. It, and so, and it really highlights a couple of different things. Um, you know, just that whole discussion does. Mm-hmm. But the, the, of course, the, the main bone of contention there is extreme internet troll, or somebody that poops in people's yards. Now, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm a dog. I've been a dog owner my entire life. You know, I've, I'm a firm believer that you know you, you pick up after yourself, and as a person, you should obviously do that. Um, that that goes without saying. But in terms of what I would prefer, uh, my wife have a poop fetish. Or my wife literally be an awful person. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it doesn't seem like much of a choice. I, I right? get what you're saying. I totally get. Luckily, women find me repugnant, so I'm never going to have this problem. But if I were presented with this problem, if I found out my wife was a hardcore internet troll, I could just leave. I can get out there and just leave. I've been watching the video of the Mad Pooper, and sorry, I'm about to get really gross. But what's her wipe situation? I I'm more feel fearful of what's going on i don't want any part of that i feel like if a, a bad person maybe you know washes their hands definitely they they are tidy i can just leave i could be wrong about somebody i'm not in no way defending internet trolls but it's more of a sanitation issue for me does that make sense see well here, here's the thing um pooping is a natural process 
Yes. I'm going to be honest. You know, full okay. disclosure, I, I am a man who poops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> every, everybody poops. Yeah. And everybody to yards. some extent. I'm sure, I'm sure the mad pooper, you know, if she wasn't concerned with cleanliness at all, like, why even drop trowel and poop anywhere? Why not just let it flow? I mean, she obviously cares to some extent that the poop is not on her person. Is she wiping? So Does I'm she have poop. hand sanitizer? There's a lot of questions. I'm assuming, I'm assuming once she completes the process, she <laughs> would clean up. Every single right, time I, mean, I hear a television announcer say complete the process of the catch, I'm going to think about this now. Yeah. yeah. No, we, we agree that completing the process of the defecation is a full wipe. Myself, yeah. personally, again, full disclosure, I'm a wet wipe user. I'm a firm believer in having a clean situation. And, yeah. and, that's, and, and that's something I, I completely understand. But it is more, it is, is easier for me to justify somebody cleaning their booty than cleaning their entire ethos as a person. I don't think either one is really redeemable. You know, like I get that the internet troll is probably worse, but as a who do you, who do you think would be easier to rehabilitate? Somebody the mad pooper. Who can, who's, so yeah, if like right? you're you in, just in say, what's what's that? Yeah, you just you say, hey, um, can we talk about this? It's pretty inconsiderate <laughs> to to poop in people's yards, and it's also. We've come a long way in our society, and the removal removal of feces was pretty important in terms of advancing the human population so that we're able to live in cities, so we're able to have a clean situation and, and foster growth, uh, not just you know sanitation-wise, but in our society itself. Removal of feces, of human waste, has been really important. And you sit them down and you tell them that it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I think that conversation is a little bit easier than going to somebody and saying, "Hey, like, I understand you really enjoy racial slurs, or you know, calling people homosexual slurs, and you know, insinuating that you are inherently superior to somebody else based on where you're from or what team you root for." And I think that's a more difficult conversation than. Hey, let's pick up your poop. It seems to be pretty simple. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. I guess you're right. If if <laughs> if divorce is off the table and you're sticking with this person, I think the mad pooper is the way to go. I think you're right. Yeah, because we and and maybe it's it's a little bit different. I mean, there's two there's there's a few different places where people come into this. A lot of people think extreme internet troll. Yeah, and they're not necessarily they either through their online interactions or their personal choices, they're never really exposed to a real extreme internet troll. Yeah, I'm like not a famous that... black person, so I don't think I really get it, you know? Like, well, I, I mean, not, neither am I, but I mean, the people that probably, <laughs> honestly, the people that probably and honestly get it the worst, because like me, for example, being a black man on the internet, uh-huh. I, I can say, I am, I sometimes say things that people might disagree with and it incites, you know, the feelings that, that our society has placed in them. But I could also not say those things. And many uh-huh. people would be okay with that. But for example, let's say a woman who has chosen to make her career 
uh, sports based. If she's just merely doing her job, <laughs> like nothing, like not doing anything, not doing anything other than her job, not talking about any sort of human rights issue or how she feels about it. She's merely just doing her job. She can get pounded mercilessly by internet trolls for, for simply doing the job that she's paid to do. And so I, I, you saw that, you saw that in the replies to the, to the initial tweet. It's like all these women are like, what? Like, of course, like I, why would a woman, especially a, a woman in our male dominated society, you know, where they're subjected to all of these things, oftentimes those things even escalate to violence. Why would they want to be married to a bad person? Like, <laughs> no. I guess I never thought like, of no. the, the flip. I never thought of the woman who would she rather be married to. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. You know, I really like the idea that this is a football podcast and everybody is like weeks into and every football podcast they've listened to so far has been nothing but Donald Trump and we're talking about mad poopers or trolls. Really, you know, <laughs> maybe we're kind of covering trolls here. But um, talking about bathroom habits, how would you come down on Odell's uh, first touchdown dance? I personally loved it. Well, yeah, and, and honestly, as, as Odell hinted at, um, you know, this is this comes a couple of days after, well, not a couple of days, maybe a day and some hours and change after the president implied that people who played football who felt a certain way were all sons of bitches. Mm-hmm. And so Odell scores a touchdown and promptly does what a dog does. And to some extent, he got more from certain people. He inspired more of a reaction for imitating a dog than the president of the United States got for implying that his mother might be one. It's so, that, so crazy. That's the initial, we live in such a <laughs> that's weird place. the initial place. thing that jumped out to me. Yeah, like Donald Trump, is just he can say whatever he wants, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's just doing that thing again. Odell Beckham acts like a dog, and it's like, you're a millionaire. Start acting like one. It's like, what are you talking about? He's, he's playing a game. <laughs> Let him have fun. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, and, and honestly, Odell inspires a lot of reaction, and that's, that's the root of that is he's a charismatic person who's also an extraordinarily gifted football player. That first touchdown that he I had mean, was like a only a top five NFL receiver can catch that. His that second one though was a Odell only special. Like that like what he the, does the, is amazing. And there's so many examples of that. And yes. really you saw the difference in that Giants offense purely based on Odell being healthy. Yeah. Right? It it, it changed everything <laughs> about the way that and it looked like this anemic offense that's not able to move the ball. If they do move the ball, they can't get into the end zone. But all of a sudden, Odell is healthy, and it's a viable football team. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's really ridiculous. And so, honestly, Odell can do whatever the hell he wants. They should yes. pay him whatever the hell he asks for. Um, I, I'm more interested in the way that it captivates so many people Anytime Odell Beckham Jr. breathes. In the Mara, uh, what did the owner said something that they're going to set him down? They should tell him to do whatever he wants. The only way they're selling tickets this year is he keeps acting like a dog or doing whatever. That's the only way they're selling yeah, tickets and, this year. And, and honestly, um, my question would be how much of that, as we saw with Antonio Brown and the Steelers last year and, and discussions about things that he did off the field, how much of that is related to the impending discussions on their contract mm-hmm. um, in order to, you know, make, 
make Odell seem like, well, you know, he's a good football player, but he comes with a lot of baggage, so we might not be able to pony up, pony up as much money. So I, I do wonder uh, openly and honestly how much of a role that plays into it. But as far as a, a guy who watches, let Odell do whatever the hell he wants. Because if he's not playing in that game, I'm not watching <laughs> yeah. him. I, I mean, we got uh, we sit in the green room before the show every Sunday, and what, what was it? The early games, there were nine of them uh, last Sunday. Yep. And, and so we can only pay attention to, sh- to so many games at once. If Odell isn't playing in that game, there's no way in hell I'm sitting there on the couch craning my neck, turning around to see the Giants and the Eagles because the, Eagles, the Giants wouldn't have been in the game without Odell. So I, I wouldn't have seen it. We wouldn't, and we wouldn't be talking about it. Oh, but no. Odell was there. He played. He played spectacularly. And even, even the plays he didn't make, when the Giants got in position on one of the final drives, when Malcolm Jenkins sees Odell running, and he just decides, it's, it's better. I'm better off just clotheslining this dude right now because I don't know where the ball is, and more than likely Odell's going to catch this ball, and more than likely he's going to score a touchdown and we're going to lose. And that's the decision, decision that so many defenders have to make when they're anywhere around 13 and, and they don't know where the ball is. You just have, you just have to assume that he's going to catch it. You know, Patrick, I knew that I always liked you. I love everything you're saying. This is fantastic. Um, what's been the biggest surprise for you so far through three weeks? Oh, the biggest surprise, honestly, because there are so many. Um, we started off the season right off the bat with the Patriots losing, uh-huh. um, which, strangely enough, was not a surprise to me. I, I was convinced that the Chiefs were going to win. The Patriots went through so many situations in the offseason. They had so many injuries coming into the game. Mm-hmm. Um they're going to have to find out who they are as a team over and over again, which is something that they're better at than any other team in the league and have been for some time. That's why they've had so much sustained success. But that, that wasn't a surprise to me. Really, the, the honest, honestly, the surprise to me is, one, the Giants are 0-3. Uh-huh. And so I don't know who would have had that. I definitely... Uh, didn't have that, and perhaps week three itself. So many games crazy. coming into week three that, and again, like, and that's always my thing. And I'm constantly chiming on and on Twitter is there's a reason that we play these games, and it's really because we honestly have no idea, and we act like we do, and that's the whole. You know, everybody has to have some sort of authority, and you know, I have to have a reason to listen to people. I hope that the, the reason people listen to me is uh, being honest about this. You know, we don't know. And <laughs> these guys are professionals. And, and sometimes there's a result that, have to, that makes no sense. Like the Broncos at the Bills on Sunday? Yeah. I mean, what's that? I've been gassing up my dude Trev for months. I was like, yeah, man. Trev's coming into the season. And he's got his shoulders finally healthy. He can do it, man. Trev can ball. And he went in there in the Ralph Wilson Stadium and stoked. <laughs> he, was, he was horrible and it wasn't he, even like Shady he, took the game over it was kind of just like a defensive win by the Bills yeah exactly and and so week three would, would be my surprise that, that Mike Glennon and company um, go in there at home and, and take oh, out man. the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. that, that, that Jameis goes in to the new stadium in Minnesota and 
Case Keenum puts on a freaking show. And, and we can be honest, you know, it's not like he was making that many difficult throws and he had great protection. But, but n- nobody felt Case Keenum. like a real, like, one-two punch now in the NFL. And they are. Uh, they they really are. Um, obviously, Adam Thielen gets slept on for for an obvious reason because you know people are. Who's the kid in uh, San Francisco that I think Chris Collinsworth said he was like a like a Julian Edelman and like uh, oh, Hogan God. type, but really he looked more like Baldwin than anything. Like I get that Chris Collinsworth is saying that the kid's white, but he had like the shifty kind of off the line move that uh, Baldwin does. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna look this up. Yeah, I can because uh, I, I I'm gonna look it up as well. Because you 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 think that Chris Collinsworth would oh what <laughs> would not be the guy yes. <laughs> not be the guy to do that um, and again Chris Collinsworth is 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 was an extraordinarily explosive dude mm-hmm. but yeah when you pull up you pull up the measurables and the comps for Trent Taylor yep um, you know you get you get Jeremy Curley Dane Sazenbacher uh, Eric Page but it's and so he compares him to Julian Edelman. Who's got comps to Marquise Lee, Dion Branch, you know, Larry Foster? It's, it's really it's, it's crazy. It, it's funny that, um, and again, that was another reason that the Patriots situation didn't surprise me because people insist on this idea that Julian Edelman was easily replaceable. It's, yep. just, it's just not true. It's just not true. And I know that that you know, there's, and again, this is the way our society works. Um, people feel like they need to discount the athletic ability of white wide receivers, um, you know, in order to, to play up to the myth of the, I feel like the, that's partially uh, my problem. People see me, how athletic I am. They go, all white people must not be athletic. That's thing I'm a part of. Well, well, I mean, at the, at the risk of being uh, too honest, you know, it ties in to this, to the myth of the brute Negro, Right. And so in order to play up that myth that the, the, the Negro is this mindless brute, um, you, that comes at a cost to white athletes who can be as explosive and extraordinary as, as possible, but people still discount their athleticism because it needs to play into this, to this brand of thinking that, you know, they need to be a thinker, right? <laughs> like, yep. Oh, this this guy is, is smart and crazy. I was arguing with like, somebody, and I don't know if this exactly fits in, but I don't know how you feel about this either, but I it drives me crazy that people consistently rate Derek Carr above Russell Wilson. It drives me up the wall. What has Derek Carr won in this league? Russell Wilson is out there without an, without an offensive line. If you put him behind the Oakland's offensive line, they never lose a game. It drives me crazy that... Derek Carr is this drop-back white passer, so everybody thinks he's the next best thing, but Russell Wilson's this mobile black guy, and everybody wants to say he's not a top-five guy. It drives me crazy. And Well, and honestly, um, it's tough, right? It's tough to discern who's making the actual comparison between the two quarterbacks and uh-huh. who's playing, in, playing into those, those tired assumptions. But that's, that's the trouble with our society. It's, it's impossible to know who's being intentionally antagonistic. Yeah, because I think the person I was arguing with was just like, it's like a product of the system of like, they've been told this thing. They don't think that white people are better quarterbacks. It's just that that's what's been taught to them. You know, they don't even think that they think that they just were taught that. Yeah. And so as, as a guy who, you know, I've, 
I've always just been a football fan and I'm, I'm blessed to be able to be around all of these football minds mm-hmm. never playing the game. And so I personally, I just ask questions, right? <laughs> As a guy who is like, well, I can't say for certain. I do know Russell Wilson is constantly, constantly under fire this year. And so it's tough. I, I think they're both good quarterbacks, but to, to immediately doubt Russell and and discount any success he has had, um, it, se- it seems confusing to me. It seems confusing. And, and the comparisons with the way people perceived Derek Carr's season last year with the Raiders' offensive line uh-huh. and Dak Prescott's and Dak Prescott's season with the Cowboys' offensive line—that one that, throw that he had last or on Monday, that when he was rolling to his right and he didn't have either foot on the ground, he chalked it down the field for fifty yards. It's amazing stuff. I people drive me crazy. Yeah, it's 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 important though, and you know people get tired of it. But when uh, whenever you see something like that, you know it doesn't it doesn't hurt anybody to to ask a few more questions as to why they're making a particular evaluation about a quarterback, uh, why they're saying you know a certain thing about a certain wide receiver, and um, yeah, I, I think it's good. It's good for the game if if more people more thoroughly explain their thoughts on evaluation and comparison. And I don't, I don't see what's wrong with encouraging those conversations at all. Wow. This was an amazing conversation. I can't believe this was maybe the best <laughs> interview I've ever had. All thanks to you. I mean, you were, you killed it. No, man. We're, it's just, we're just talking. That's, and honestly, that's, that's what interviewing is all about is, is being able to have a conversation and, yep. and a back and forth. And, do you uh, want to do one that's, more that's and then we'll get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Do you think there's an offensive line problem in the NFL? We've already talked about Seattle, but in New York and, you know, the Packers don't have a great line right now. Do you think there's a problem with talent coming into the league to play line? It's, it's such a, it's such a wide sweeping question. And I think oftentimes I should have ended the interview early. I should, I, I was good, going good. And then I <laughs> no, messed it up. No, honestly, no, you did not mess it up. I mean, right, I, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to get to why I think too often people give answers to that question and other questions that are really simple for extremely complex situations. You have some people say, Oh, well, you know, college coaches don't care about teaching, uh, teaching certain run schemes mm-hmm. when they're just going to run as many, as many of these RPOs as they possibly can. And we're not really getting people into their past set properly. And it's like, oh yeah, so it's it's all college football, where it's oh yeah, it's it's all the CBA's fault. You know, these guys these guys can't practice together anymore, so they're all bad. It, to to me, it's it's about the way we play the game, as well as those other things. Mm-hmm. If you go back, if you go back ten, fifteen years, is is a quarterback that has the ability of Blake Bortles? Is he going to be throwing the ball forty times a game? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're never going to see, uh, you're never going to see a rookie Jared Goff throwing 35 passes if we turn the clock back a little bit. And so I, I think the way we play the game is different. The way that we pay players is different. You know, teams are prioritizing getting as much young, cheap talent as they can, and the only team signing veterans, honestly is the New England Patriots. <laughs> 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 it's, it's, and, and so I, all of those things go into this issue, but I really 
I'd really be hesitant to say that there's this sweeping wave issue that's a problem for the National Football League in terms of offensive linemen because it's everything in this league is cyclical. You know, you, yep. you go through times where it's like, oh, the running back position is devalued. And now it's like, oh, Korean Hunt should have been the number one overall pick. It, it's, Man, the running backs this year, it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, these, these guys come in ready. And, and we, we go through the evaluation process, and, and sometimes it's just a paralysis by analysis. Uh-huh. And we're going over each individual aspect of how, you know, Dalvin Cook wasn't quite explosive enough, and so he's, <laughs> he's, he, he, he can't be ready to play at the next level because of one workout. The guy goes to Indianapolis for a weekend and does one workout, and it's like, oh, well, this is the one workout, and he failed. So Man, if Teddy B can get back on the field, they they have a two steals at quarterback and running back. It'd be amazing. Yeah, it would be spectacular. And it could also be kind of a Steph Curry situation uh-huh. where the injury allows you to underpay a player and then you can build your roster and eventually bring in other superstars if you, if you actually want to spend the money that you have available purely because you didn't have to pay this guy. And it's not like, like we brought up Russell Wilson earlier, mm-hmm. you know, the Seahawks were in that position because they didn't have to pay their quarterback yet. But that was because he was rookie. You might get into a situation where you've got Teddy Bridgewater going into the fifth, sixth, seventh years of his career still being underpaid because of the injury that he went through. Wow. So that, that defense yeah. with Stefan Diggs and Thielen <laughs> and uh, Dal. Oh man. We're, we're buying a squad. Yeah. Wow. Hey, so listener, if you want to check out Patrick Claybon, this is what you do. You go on your TV, you type in uh, the NFL network, and then you just wait. Is that the best way to find you? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's, that's one good way to do it. Um, as far as scheduled appearances, uh, Friday at 4 o'clock Eastern, uh, I do uh, the weekend preview edition of Up to the Minute. And then um, on Saturday mornings, uh, do the news on GMFB weekend. And Sunday uh, at ooh, 4.30 Eastern, we've got three hours of game day live. So, you you know, you finish watching your game, you come check out the highlights, hang out with me and, and Terrell Davis and Heath Evans, and we argue and, and fight over highlights. And, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's like watching football with the dudes. I'm going to give you some more guys, and you can just say yes or no. These are the other uh, one of your colleagues I've talked to who I didn't mention in the most handsome guest category. You could just... You know, you don't have to answer. You're a gentleman. You don't have to say anything. But your <laughs> other competition was Dave Damashek, Adam Rank, Mark Sessler, and I think that's it from NFL Media. So, any of those guys even coming close to your throne? Uh, to, uh, handsome this one? Yes. Dave, you know, Dave, we have to, we're concerned about Dave. Um, he, he expressed that, that he thought he was letting himself go. Um, mm-hmm. He's still a very attractive man. So, you have to build Dave up. Very um, fertile. Adam Rank, least. obviously. Yeah. Oh, he's he's the most virulent guy in the world. Like uh-huh. he, everyone's at risk of instant <laughs> pregnancy anytime they're within a, any range of Dave Damashek. Um Mark Sessler exudes sex. Right? I believe it. <laughs> you you get you know you sit down and you have a conversation with Mark Sessler for long enough, you start questioning some things. So, so that's a guy. That's a guy that, that will make love to your mind. Um, you know, regardless uh, of 
of any or particular orientation that you choose. And and who who doesn't who doesn't love Adam Rick? I, I place myself behind all of those gentlemen. Uh, uh, they, okay, they are too all, humble. They're all credits. <laughs> they're all credits to all right the, um, the, the NFL media umbrella. <laughs> thank you so much, Patrick Claybon. This is this has been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much. No, thank you, man. You made it work. Jogger's here still, and I'm joined by Eric Jensen. Eric, how the heck are you? Well, uh, I'm doing pretty well today. Uh, a little bit hoarse in the vocal areas. Been dealing with a cold, but I'll get over it. So feel, I'm doing I pretty feel well. A very Michael Jordan Game Seven type performance out of you. I feel it. Yeah, uh, not quite the flu yet, but I I feel like this is pre-flu. So. Um, which sucks because I got the flu shot literally like a week ago but they say it takes like two two to three weeks for that to kick in so just my luck a lot of flu shot talk okay hey um I would you know a lot uh, listeners to this podcast know I get a lot of letters from NFL types and I'm always looking for help because people come to me for advice but I'm not the best at giving advice so I always lean on my guest to try to help me give some advice are you ready for this you're a wise guy I, I trust your judgment. Okay, well, I, I'm still going to need your help, though. I mean, the, this is going to be the, right. uh, the first letter here. Um, as you can see, it's it's all bold uh, typeface. You see that? It's all bold typeface there. And it says, help! Send help! I'm running for my life out here! People are starting to think I can't throw the football! Do you see this? What kind of offensive line is this? Uh, is my team going to get healthy against the Colts, or what's going on? Help! Okay, I think this is from my buddy Russell Wilson. Um, what do you, what do you think about it? What do you think when you, uh, think of the, uh, Seahawks right now and their offense? Dear God, is Russell Wilson a prepubescent 12 year old boy all of a sudden? Well, that's my voice. So I take great offense to that. I'm just reading the letter. Okay. So <laughs> I great. Okay. Just get, get to the point. Uh, uh, you know, I think Russell Wilson's played just as well as he could. I agree. I think that Seattle offensive line's terrible. What more do you want me to say? Sorry, Russell. Like it's, you can't really fix offensive line problems in the middle of a season. There's not a whole lot of great talent out there. I guess you could go sign. I don't know. I did have an. Uh, I had a suggestion for them in the off season. If you're going to use your boy uh, Chris Carson in the backfield a lot, yep. Why not yep. start thinking about trading Thomas Rawls? Maybe you could get a quality, not a, a top 10 lineman, but you could definitely get a quality tackle for a good starting running back like Thomas Rawls. And maybe you throw in like a third round draft pick just because of no one's really sure if Rawls is still who he was before his injury. But I go with that. And I think that uh, Russell Wilson, if you read my quarterback rankings, I had you. Pre- I wish I could have put you higher. But your game against the Titans, I've watched that like twice, and pretty impressive what you did there. He had one pass that Richardson dropped that was amazing down the sideline. He had a couple really amazing. He's like better like 25 yards plus downfield than he is like 10 yards downfield. It's weird. But I would like that to disagree final, with you. That final touchdown throw yeah. was what I was most impressed with. 
Yeah, he he's he's been putting up good tape even with a mess around him. But I would like to disagree with you. I think this is what the Seahawks do every year. I feel people fall in for the trap. Tom Cable somehow fixes the line or gets it okay by mid-October. They're going to be a playoff team. I'm not concerned. Okay, we're going to move forward. This one, this letter is very, it's hard to make out. I don't know what's going on here. Um, I'm going to read it to you and see what's what's going on here. It says, Los Angeles Rams. There would be no Los Angeles Rams without me. Okay, I don't know. This is very weird. Jared Goff was never this good. Why is he so good? I'll eat a cheeseburger about that. Um, oh, it's signed Jeff Fisher. So it seems like he's still drinking a lot. Um, I don't know what his point is, but are we bu- I'm buying into Jared Goff. He's throwing, He's making some NFL throws. I don't know. Like uh, I, We can say that his competition hasn't been the greatest so far this year, and he really put up a lot of good tape against uh, the 49ers. I'm buying in on Jared Goff. Are you buying in? Well, well one, uh, Jeff Fisher, you got to lay off. Got to lay off the uh, the light beer. Um, uh-huh. may, maybe something a little heavier than that, but uh, I don't think Jeff Fisher well, drinks light beer. I think he's drinking whiskey or something. Uh, I don't know. It just he seems like a light beer kind of guy to me. <laughs> try, trying to keep his weight down. You know, he he has some weight problems. I'm not calling Jeff Fisher fat, but I'm calling Jeff Fisher fat. So uh, I, I mean. Jared Goff, on the other hand, not fat. Um, hot bod, arguably. I yeah, think that I, uh, I think that uh, Jared Goff is. I haven't seen enough yet. I need to see like one more good game. I thought he looked really. I watched uh, his week one game, where I want to say they played the Colts. The Colts. Yeah, I watched that game, and I get that the Colts are bad, but he blew them out and like mediocre to good starting quarterbacks would do that. So I need one more game. They play in Dallas this week, and I'm actually picking the Rams. So if Jared Goff goes into Jerry World and beats up on a Cowboys defense that isn't great but is okay and on the road and Dallas is a tough team to beat, I feel like uh, I feel like I can buy in if he gives me one more win this week. I said this on the podcast last week, but I figured out why the Rams lost to the Orange Skins in Los Angeles to in Week Two. Mm. It's because right they're playing in, uh, you know, where the Trojans play. And if you look at the Washington's uniforms, they look very similar to the Trojans' uniforms. The home uh, crowd got confused; they were cheering for the wrong team. Mm. That makes sense. Well, you know I'm I'm gonna go to my next letter, and it I think it might be from that team in Washington. <laughs> It's just a series of you like that. Do you see that? That's all it says. Um, yeah. Are we buying into they laid some wood against the Raiders? I think they might be a sneaky playoff team. The NFC East is pretty interesting, if you ask me. The Cowboys did what they had to do against the Cardinals, but didn't look overly impressive. The Eagles kind of haven't shown out yet. We all know the Giants are a dumpster fire. Um, I think it's really a three-team race, and I say why not the Orange Skins? What do you think? I'm looking at their schedule right now. I'm thinking they've got a rough schedule coming up. They play the Chiefs. Then they have a little break with the 49ers. Then they play at Philadelphia. Then uh, Dallas at home and then at Seattle. That's a pretty rough stretch of games. I think if they can come out of there 2-2, two and two, maybe 3-1, and one, 
then yes, they're a playoff team. But if they drop a, if they drop more than two games, if they lose to the Eagles, Cowboys, and Seahawks, or if they lose to the 49ers, which I don't think is that crazy. I think Brian Hoyer is starting to kind of get a hold of that Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, I think that could be an upset this week. Well, Kirk Cousins is going to want to show off in front of his coach next year. He's going to want to make sure he puts up some good tape against his coach next year. Yeah, I, I guess. Uh, I'm not totally in yet. They, they okay. I, Talk to me after week six. We'll All see right. where I'm we'll at. Um, this next letter, um, actually, this this has a bunch of weird stamps on it. I think this is from the uh, from London or something. This says, "Ha ha 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 ha! We told y'all, London's our home." What do you think? Do you think Roger Goodell will let us move here? Sign Blakey B. Blakey B. I Blakey like B. That. I don't like that. But hey, what do you think about that? The Jaguars moving to London. I think I like that idea. I was. I was very I was against this for a long time, but watching that I, that was the most fun blowout I've ever watched. It was Sunday morning on my cereal going. I was up early. I was I enjoyed watching that blowout. How'd you feel about the uh, the London Jaguars? I had a different experience with the blowout. I woke up at like nine o'clock my time, and I got uh-huh. uh, and my DMs for this. Uh, by the way. Shameless plug, prosportsfandom.com. You should go check that out. It's a site I write for. But our group chat was blowing up with, oh, my God, the Jacksonville Jaguars are blowing up the Baltimore Ravens. And I kind of thought the world had ended the night before like it was supposed to and we were living in some kind of parallel universe. So I'm still kind of getting over the fact that the Jaguars actually won by that much. But I say no. I'm kind of a – like I'm not – I love people in London. I love England as a country, but uh, you're never going to be able to make much of a profit there because if they start struggling, soccer is always going to be the king in Europe. It's never – it's within the next hundred years, I'd say, and I'm will, I'd am i be willing to put money on this. It's not going to change. There's You'll give no me a hundred years? Thing. I'll put a bet on that if you give me a hundred years. Well, why I take why I say that is because with the NFL, you could see play with the recent health stuff that's come out and such and such and things like that. You could see the league breaking up within the next hundred years easily. But soccer, there's not a whole lot of major issues. Sure, there's like a little bit of FIFA corruption here and there, but it doesn't a little bit <laughs> doesn't dramatically affect the results of the game. So I, I think that the Jaguars would have a tough time competing financially with the soccer teams in England. Eric, do you have any letters for me? Do you have a do you have a stash of do people ever write you like they write me constantly? Mm, you know, I do have a letter. I would love to hear from. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles kicker Jake Elliott, okay. who just said, yo, Eric, uh, you're a champion of kickers. Am I the kicker MVP of the year? Well, let me tell you, Jake Elliott, you're not. But you're this week's kicker of the week. That was a fantastic kick you made against the Giants to win the game. And let me tell you, people, I'm here to give you some kicker advice again. Get him on your fantasy rosters. Jake Elliott, he's going places. Now, here's the thing about Jake Elliott. Sometimes he misses a field goal. But in the clutch, he makes it. And that's all that really counts as a kicker. He's not going to rob you Aguayo out on you. It's, it's going to be okay. 
What do you think? Who's the kicker MVP for you this this year thus far? Um, I wish I had a better answer for you. I don't know who the kicker MVP so far is this year. Um, I you know what? I got nothing. I'm leaving all my kicker talk to you. I got nothing right Why now. Why not your boy Blair Walsh continuing his redemption tour in Seattle? I want to see more out of him. I'm not giving it to him yet. I want to see more. All right. Ryan Suckup had a great game against the Seahawks as far as field goal kicking went. Uh, a lot of other – Robbie Gould, that Thursday night kicking performance, was a good one. I went back and watched a tape. He did have some close calls. He wasn't as good as I thought he was just reading the Twitter sphere because I don't have NFL Network, a major bad on my part. Oof. But um, – I'd say that uh, Robbie Gould, they should have trusted him from 70 yards because I'm a Robbie Gould fan, and I think he can make that. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to you, though. It sounds like more people write you. Me, I'm just yeah, kind of— Yeah, I have another letter. This is uh, this one says, Bro, dude, can you believe what the refs did to us on Sunday? I'm out here winning games in the fourth quarter with my buddy Jim Bob, and the refs are trying to take it away from me. I got that ball in the end zone. My buddy Golden Tate shoved that in. Also, how are you not going to give me time to snap the ball? Just because you ruled the touchdown incorrectly doesn't mean I shouldn't get the time to to spike the ball. Refs are bad. I think this was for Matt Stafford. I don't know why nobody signs these letters. They're all anonymous. It's weird. But how do you feel? I feel like they should read through the rules. I think Matt Stafford should have a time to get the playoff. It's not his fault that the officials you know, got the play wrong. He shouldn't be punished because they called touchdown or wasn't a touchdown. Well, one, I, I believe Matthew Stafford went to Georgia, and that was somewhere between a frat boy and Boston. So I'm kind of unsure. I'm not doing impressions. On, I'm just reading the letters. I'm kind of unsure on where it came from. I, I see. I take it. At, I take it that way. I think that maybe it's more of a disgraced Lions fan. I don't think so. I'm a, I don't know how I changed the rule because sometimes it's unfair to the defense if there's no 10-second runoff, and then you have to defend another play. What should be done there is you should be able to get a chance to, if you want, after a touchdown like that, take a timeout. I, I don't know. I really don't. I'm they torn on this because, Yeah. For, they wouldn't have been able if, – if they had realized it wasn't in, they wouldn't have been able to spike the ball. They might have been it, able it, to spike he, the ball. He caught the ball with seven seconds left. Or they're like, on the one-inch line. Matt Stafford could have snuck it in. Uh, but that that's not – then you deal with things like your your offensive line isn't set and maybe they call an offsides penalty, maybe. something like that. I don't Let know. The I don't know. Play. There's no easy fix to the rule, but it's definitely a rough way to lose if you're a Lions fan. I have one last letter left. Are you ready for this? Oh, one last letter. Yeah. All right. This one says, ha, 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 ha. You all thought I was dead. You all thought I was dead in San Francisco, and now you all thought I was dead in Kansas City, but I live on, baby. My Chiefs are 3 0, and we're in the Super Bowl. Hey. How do you feel about Alex Smith? I'm loving the Alex Smith. You're talking about Blair Walsh redemption. Alex Smith, you know, put the kid in behind me. He's never going to see the field. <laughs> Listen, I'm a big Alex Smith fan. I, I live in Utah. I am first and foremost a Denver Broncos fan, but then my football allegiance uh, lies with the Utah Utes. Alex Smith, arguably the greatest quarterback they've ever had. 
I wasn't quite around. I wasn't quite in the cognitive state of mind yet to see him play. I was about two when he played for the Utes, but oh my god, uh, so this old. year has been. This year's been a little bit. I, I still haven't made up my mind on Alex Smith because he had that great game in New England. Fantastic! I thought it was the best game of his career. He was really fun to watch. Then I watched his game against Philly. He like the first drive they were taking shots, but then for about three quarters he went into like just the kind of check down under ten yard pass shell that we're kind of used to seeing and then he threw one last deep shot to kind of put them in the area so Kareem Hunt could run the ball I think that it's one of his better seasons thus far but he's still in my mind right now playing like a game manager but that said when I ranked the quarterbacks earlier I had him at six so I'm I'm really liking what I'm seeing but I could I could use a little bit more Alex Smith deep shot to Tyree kill action in my life. He would be lower than six on mine, but mine would sound way more positive. I don't know how we got there because I would say he'd I don't know where he'd be on mine, but I would I don't know. That's very interesting. Eric, plugs. Oh, well, you see, I got this podcast and we talk about football on it. I've been on that and podcast. The- Oh, hey, yeah, you have more once and then the other time Almost. technical difficulties ensued. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's the End Zone Podcast. You can follow our official Twitter at End Zone Pod. We tweeted out all the episodes there. And hey, I'm thinking about maybe just tearing it off once the off season ends. I'm a big hockey fan. Might become a hockey podcast. I'm a big basketball fan. Might become a basketball podcast. It's just kind of right it, now. Like it's the at net podcast. What would it be? You want to be the end zone podcast? It it'll remain the end zone podcast just because I feel like the end zone's a good. Just it's got a solid ring to it. Maybe I'd change it. I don't know. That's a that's a that's a very good question that I'd have to consider. I write for prosportsfandom.com. You can check out my stuff there. I'm probably right. Uh, the most of all the people there. Um, I'm a good Twitter follow. Occasionally, I tweet wow. uh, very uh, humble. Late, late night, uh, late night poems. I I actually do have, uh, I have one right here that I I just. All right, me... Eric, read your poem. We gotta get, get we gotta get going quickly. We gotta get going here. Uh, okay, Liz. Oh, hold on. Never mind. I don't have it up right now. Let no, me you promise a poem to my listeners, and now you have no Listen, poem? Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll find one here. So, anyways, but, um, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric18Utah. I have a personal blog, drama of it all, a sportsblog.com. That's a pretty fascinating uh, place to read. And that was my first real website adventure. I guess is what you call it. The sound of rain makes my soul weep. Thousands entranced by the lightning mist, the pounding drumbeat of rain, and the rhythm of sky waterfalls. Uh, that's not one of my better. You know, I rarely I say this, but I was wrong. We should have just gone uh, without that poem. Yeah, yeah, we should have. Rostock! Rostock! Games against the spread! Now! Jogger's here still, and I'm joined by Rostock. Rostock, say hi. Hi. Um, little housekeeping. Last week I said that while Luigi wasn't circumcised, or no, I said he was, but in actuality, he has not been circumcised. So I want to make sure that's very clear to everybody. Right, right. Yeah, no. Um, 
I think you were slightly confused, um, and that's okay. I think I think the world's uh, in a better spot to know that um, that we don't know that. Hey, how do you feel about our gambling performance last weekend? Because like we rallied hard on Monday night, we were kind of boned. We had the Rams minus three; they won by two. I feel I'm not embarrassed by our gambling performance last week, though. I feel all right with it. How do you feel? Uh, I think every week is another step up that mountain, Jonders. And yep. quite honestly, um, I mean, it, it, we have to be fair because uh, the Rams bet. It, I know a lot of people that caught it at two and they pushed. So just think of it that way, kind of. Yeah. Um, like no. we were, we were, we were on the right side, and we, it was, we just kind of got screwed with garbage time bullshit. So, you know, it is what it is. But then I think we made we made the right steps, and you know, we got back to where we needed to be. I feel great about it. Hey, you're a Chicago Bears fan. I was walking down that lower Wacker Dare, and I was gonna get get some uh, high lifes, you know, there. I was gonna go to the Bean and get mm-hmm. a slice there, and then the uh, the Bears there, they're beating the Steelers. What what's going on? They hey, you know, they traveled to Green Bay this weekend, where the Packers are seven point favorites. How do we feel about this Thursday night game? Well, it's scary because being a Bears fan. This is a classic scenario where you know they'll let you down. And, like, I want, I want, I do, I do love, I do love the seven points. I really, really, really seven do. Seven points pretty like, good. Like, I almost think, I almost think that the Bears can win flat out. But, um, just remember the Pittsburgh Steelers that we were talking about this. Have they covered yet this year? Cause I don't think they have. No, they lost outright. I mean, they were like eight point favorites or something on Sunday. Well, no, I mean like they didn't cover against the Browns. I, I don't, don't think they, think covered, they covered, against covered against Case Keenum. Yeah, no. I mean, they lost outright against the bears. So, you know, I, I don't know if Green Bay is any better of a team, but they just got like they barely covered against a terrible Bengals team. So here's here's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that we should talk about betting on the Bears all week and then not actually betting on the Bears. But this is what I think we should actually do. We should put a very small money line bet on the Bears. That's fine. What what do you do? You know what the money line is? Because if it's like plus two hundred, that's I bet it's I bet it in that range. Be, it's probably yeah. more. It's probably more than that. I'm gonna look that up. We're gonna get that back to that at the end of the episode. Next, we have the Saints traveling to London to play the Miami Dolphins, where they play host with Jay Jai in the backfield. The Dolphins broke our heart. We bet on them minus six last week against the Jets. They had a no show. Um, the Saints looked pretty good against Carolina's uh, pretty stout defense. I think I like the Dolphins though minus three. What do you think? Yeah, you know, I'm done with all the London games because I just had, like, literally anything you thought about football doesn't exist over in London. Like, whatever whatever you thought you knew and whatever stats you looked up and whatever team you think might be better, it's not the case over there across the pond. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Let's just uh, never gamble on London games evermore. Hey, a little bit more no, house cleaning. No, uh, I'm three and zero now in our game. Did you? Could you give me your official pick oh. of Bears oh. and 
I can send you the snap. I can send you the photo of like our thing. I mean, I believe you, but what was the score this week? I think it was only like two to one. We didn't agree- disagree on much last week. Damn it! Okay. Yeah, it was two to one. Hey, um, the Bears. What do you have on the Bears? Real quick, give me the, your Bears and your Saints Dolphins pick. Um, yeah, I'll take the points in the Bears game. Okay. Um, and then I will, uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins rebound this week. See, this is the same thing where we agree on the teams and then you're only off on a couple. Okay, also, I have the Bears money line at plus 285. Let's put like 50 bucks on it. Yeah, if you put 25 bucks, even if you, yeah, you... Wow, Let's do that. Are. Let's just That's, start like the it. weekend off the right I way. Like just put a little bit of money on the Bears. All right, next up we have uh, the Panthers hosting the New England Patriots with the Patriots are a nine-point favorite. Once again, I think that's a little steep, but the Panthers' offense looked awful. Cam Newton can't get anything going, and I'm talking myself out of taking the Panthers. I'm taking the Patriots, baby. What do you say? Did you see Tom Brady on yeah, Sunday? He threw for like five touchdowns, 400 yards. He's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I, I would like, – I, I don't care what the Panthers are doing. I'm taking Tom. <laughs> Come on. Tommy! The Los Angeles Rams travel to Dallas, where Dallas is a six-point favorite. We were really concerned on Monday night because we were texting back and forth because we, we, had, we had some money on the Cowboys minus uh, three against the Cardinals. And when the, char- or the uh, Carson Palmer and the Cardinals charged on the field on that first drive, we were a little worried. Um, I don't know what yeah, to with this, but... I mean... I was slightly worried, but then I saw Dak Prescott do a freaking front flip into the end zone, and I knew, like... I got my city like, doing front I can, flips. I can go to bed now. Like, I don't need to... I don't even need to watch the rest of this game. So, yeah. Uh, and and we, both, we both know that the Cardinals are a... 15-minute uh, team. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're a quarter team, and, like, even if they play two quarters... They ain't getting out of the first half. So I, I think I'm taking the Rams here, though. I like what I see out of Jared Goff this year. You do? Yeah, well, I like them as six-point dogs. I like them that much. Yeah, yeah, I like them. I like them as six-point dogs, too. I mean, you, I think you, you got another points, game. maybe? No, no, give me the Cowboys. Okay. Okay, you have the Cowboys. Tennessee travels to their old home in Houston, where Tennessee is a one and a half point favorite. They they got a lot of uh, big uh, gains in the rushing department. That was an awfully formed sentence. They got yeah, but they had huge <laughs> plays against the Seahawks on the ground last week. What's going on there? Houston though, that kid Watson can play. He's my new fantasy guy. I think everybody should go pick him up. Um, this game really turns into like Murray versus uh, Devontae Foreman, I I would like to... I don't know. I think... I, I'm having a hard time with this line. What do you think? I don't know anything about football anymore. Okay. Because this whole past weekend was just... It, it was, like, mind-boggling. Like, bad teams were good. Good teams were bad. And I feel like this week, I literally need to guess against, like, uh, the opposite. So, I mean, I don't even like. I don't even know which team is good or bad in this situation. I don't so know I if this I, makes sense, but I still think that after you play Seattle, it's hard to bounce back. And I feel like moral victories aren't a thing in the NFL. But when like 
you would win in New England if Tom Brady wasn't the greatest of all time. I feel like they have confidence in the quarterback now. The defense is ready to go. I'm taking Houston plus one and a half. Yeah, I don't know though, man, because I mean they still played Tom Brady. Like you got to, you always say this about the Seahawks. It's like, well, after they played the Seahawks, they're all banged up. Like you're banged up after you play any football team. Yeah, like, but you they don't have Cam Chancellor by... and Bobby Wagner and Bennett. It's it's a yeah, whole different thing. I, I know, I know. I just okay. Here's my thing. I think Houston played abnormally good last week, and I don't I don't see how they can do it two weekends in a row. I'll take the Titans. Titans, baby. Jacksonville Jaguars played amazing last week. They are three point road favorites against the Jets and give me you know I've been texting about Clayus Campbell and I've said his name on every podcast I've recorded in the last three months Clayus Campbell is the <laughs> truth he's certainly you know he's demolishing opposing quarterbacks whenever they uh man I am off my game I'm losing my train of thought like crazy okay just re- refocus refocus you got it John. Clayus Campbell is going to be in the discussion for defensive MVP this year and I think the quarterback wow. on the other side isn't like that, that much different than, like, Blake Bortles. Like, cool, like, you have McCown. That's great. I love Jacksonville's uh, talent, and I'm taking them minus three here. Okay, I, I didn't catch who you said Jacksonville was playing. I'm not sure if you said The New York Jets. The New York Jets. Uh, yeah, I also – I love Jacksonville here. I, th- I think – but – Blake Bortles sucks, yes, but, like, I think he might not suck right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, does that don't make sense? Don't fall for it, man. Don't fall for it. For it. Don't, just don't do it. Okay. Okay, real well, quick. Well, I'll, t- I'll, t- I'll still take the Jets. Real quick. Cincinnati travels to Cleveland where Cincinnati is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Real quick. Ooh, boo, I hate this game. Uh, I don't know. Give me the Browns. Yeah, me too. Pittsburgh travels to Baltimore, where Pittsburgh Steelers are a three-point favorite after losing to Chicago on the road. Give me Baltimore. I don't even, you know, I know Baltimore laid an egg over there in London, but they're going to be back home in the nest. And I don't know. I don't trust. Uh, like you, you being you are cold on the Steelers, right? Um. Yeah, but it's it, maybe it's because. Do you think it's still because they lost us like a lot of money last year and we're like not over it yet? I, I'll never get over that Carson once game. <laughs> Anyways, um, I um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Steelers are good right now. I think they still make the playoffs at like nine and seven or something like that. But um, you know, you, you're praying for a, a huge catch out of Antonio Brown, and this week I think the Ravens defense shows up and shuts down. Buffalo travels to Atlanta, where Atlanta's an eight-point favorite. Atlanta narrowly escaped with a win last week in Detroit. Buffalo surprised the world and outright beat the uh, the Denver Broncos. I like what they're doing in Buffalo. I think this is going to be a close game, and eight points is too many points. Give me Buffalo, baby. All right, so as a gambler, yes, I like this line at seven. However, okay. yep. I, I don't I don't think that this is going to be a close game. I think that Atlanta just blows the Bills out of the water. All right. Uh, we disagree on that one, so we're not going to circle back to that in gambling. I kind of was hoping to put a little bit of money on the Bills, but... All right. Mm-mm, mm-mm. 
New mm-hmm. York Giants travel to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is a three-point favorite after getting smacked last week in Minneapolis. Uh, the Giants, Odell went off, so Odell's healthy now, but they couldn't escape with a win in Philadelphia. The Giants are now 0-3. The Buccaneers trying not to start off 1-2. and I just said a lot of words. None of that meant anything. I like the Buccaneers <laughs> because they're playing for something, and the Giants are no longer playing for anything. Um... All right, so I took the Buccaneers last week as well. I like that was one of the games I I won two and I lost two that I didn't tell you about. And this was one of the games I was like, man, I really I think the Bucks made me sad last year, but they can't possibly make me sad two years in a row, <laughs> right? <laughs> so it's like a so woman, that was my mentality upon taking that game. And it was minus one. I was like, wow, this is a great line. They should easily beat the um, uh, the Vikings. And nope. I don't know. I, I guess I guess Stefan Diggs is just a freak of nature. And um, What about Thielen? I don't know, man. Thielen's I think, stealing himself. I, yeah, I, I mean, that too. But I guess I expected more from the team that was on hard knocks. So you and think the Giants? What are this, you wrapping up to here? Uh, yeah, I want the Giants. Eli's going off, baby. Wow. All right. Um, is that the first? No, we also disagree on a couple other ones. All right. Hey, Philadelphia travels all the way out to Los Angeles. Well, they'll be playing in that soccer stadium full of Eagles fans. The Chargers are favored by one. But we all know the Chargers are cursed in Philadelphia as a horseshoe this year. Give me Carson Wentz plus one. Yeah, I wanted the, um, I wanted the Eagles pretty much regardless. Um, after after I saw that like viral video of that dad crying when his son made a 61-yard uh, field goal to win the game, I'm like, that's it. This seemed like they have, they have an insurmountable level of good karma on their side. They're, I think the Eagles are just going to keep winning games now. All right, yeah. Uh, no uh, disagreement from there. Hey, San Francisco travels to Arizona, where Arizona's a seven-point favorite. We need to jump on this line today, I think. There's no reason Arizona should be favored over seven points on anybody. They're 31 in the league in rushing uh, rushes yards per game. Rushing yards per game. Really, just a poor performance out of me today. But San Francisco <laughs> showed in every game this year they hung close. Uh I love San Francisco plus seven in this matchup. I think Brian Hoyer, there's no pressure on him, so he can ball out. They have a good cast of, you know, did you see Pierre Garçon on Thursday night? Come on, get out of here. Give yeah, me that was San Francisco stuff, plus man. seven, baby. Um, I will see. This is one of those games where I want to be like, yeah, hell yeah, 49ers. They're not as bad as everyone said they were. And. I, I think that my mind's playing tricks on me, and I gotta just default, and I'll say no. Give me the Cardinals. Wow, that's I think that's pretty yeah. bold. See, that's what I'm saying, man. You gotta you gotta trick yourself into picking the right way. Trust I think me, you're, I think you'll week, regret this Sunday night. Maybe, but but maybe this time next week the score will be three to one, even though it should be two to one. And I'm just really bad at picking I'm games against that you. Don't like because this game, because I really wanted to bet on this with you. I mean, maybe we can. I just think for the sake of the argument right here, right now, that I want I want to trick myself into picking 
possibly incorrect or correctly by picking incorrectly. Oakland travels to Denver, where Denver's a three-point favorite. Both of these teams look like a, a hot mess on Sunday. Give me the home team minus three, though. I'm fine. I think those teams are pretty even. Like you always say, that the home team is favored by three. I'll just mm-hmm. take the three points. I'll I'll lay the three points. Um. So you're taking Oakland? No, I'm laying the three points. I'll take Denver. You're taking Denver. Okay. Well, I'll take Oakland. You're just you're just picking against me to try to get a win here. I am. I am not. I am not. I think that. Like you said, both of these teams just laid big fat eggs, but I think the Raiders are the better team here. Indianapolis travels to Seattle without Andrew Luck. Oof. Seahawks are 13 point favorites. The Seahawks play two teams that I think will end up in the playoffs and lost both those uh, games on the road. I think this game is on Sunday night. I think this is a get well game for the Seahawks, and I think 13 points is too low. Give me the Seahawks, baby. Yeah, see, we'll agree on this one, but we also shouldn't bet on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Let's sneak the so, Seahawks uh, into a money line situation parlay. Oh, you don't want to do parlays anymore. I said two teams are fine, but that and like I don't even I don't even really want to do them. I think you're throwing away your money on parlays. Well, we'll figure it out. Hey. The Washington Orange Skins. Hey, so I was watching Colbert the other day when Chance was on, and they did a Trump thing, mm-hmm. and they called uh, they called him the Washington uh, Pink Skin. It's very similar to the Washington Orange Skins. I feel like orange is a better joke. What do you think? Yeah, where did they pull? What color is pink from? Like, where I think it's just from? like they're trying to say that's what the skin tone is, but we've always said it was orange. Yeah, and you know what? I want to give you, like, the original, uh, I want to give you the trademark for that. I, I feel like you dubbed Orange Skin, and I love it. Yeah, we've been doing Orange Skins for, since he was elected, or maybe before. Hey, but yeah, he they play elected, a game. Yeah. Uh, somehow, I have the Chiefs favored by 6.2. I don't know how that's possible, but that's what my notes say. What? <laughs> it's 6.5. I don't know why I wrote it wrong. But, uh... <laughs> okay. 6.2? Uh, that's a yeah. Yeah, I think no, take... man. Well, Go on. Are 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 the Chiefs the best team in the AFC right now? I think so. Yeah. I mean that Kareem Hunt is the real deal. I I would love watching yeah, him play. Yeah, dude, it's so where did smooth. he come from, man? Uh, you know, college. Alex Smith is able to push the ball downfield now. I want him to see him do it more with uh, Tariq Hill. Then you have um, Travis Kelsey eating up yards in the middle. I think their offense is a real deal. It's too bad they don't have Barry because that defense. But like I said on last week's podcast, Houston is like the linchpin there, and I love watching Houston play. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think I think 6.5 is a line. Like, I, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I think – Las Vegas loves the Washington Orange skin. Like, yeah, you know they what? make their. I'm I'm taking the Chiefs. I've I've decided six point five. I'm taking the Chiefs. Well, yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs too. But this is like a huge stay away game for me because I feel like the Chiefs should handedly win. Like they should win by two touchdowns, and they could end up. We'll see a final score on like Sunday night. And they'll win by like twenty three points. Monday or night. Like oh, that. you know what we forgot to do? But, that Monday. was our that's our public domain game of the week. Do you want to sing? Ah, uh, no, we blew it. No, we can close it out. We can close it out with our with our song. Can we do? 
Can we do Carrie Underwood's song? Is that public domain? No, that's not public domain. Uh, that, the, I Sunday night, that. we already did Sunday night. Okay, well, I meant Monday. I'm sorry. Anyways, Closing out. I think... Our public domain game of the week. <laughs> public domain. Public dun, dun, domain. Dun, dun. This song is public domain. All right. Hey, we're in a bunch of like we're in a bunch of like pick'em leaks together, and you didn't text me until like way late on Sunday. What information oh, do I need yeah. to give you right now so I don't have to pick in between only the Monday night game? Yes, your loser for the weekend. My loser for the weekend is the Colts. My loser for the weekend is also the Colts. Oof. All right. Um, make sure you go listen to Kyle Windhorn's new podcast, Sound the Horn. He has a very handsome guest on me. And follow him on Twitter at NFL Horn. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at FPT. We're on iHeartRadio now. So if you listen to iHeartRadio, go check us out there. Um, I don't know. That's all I got. Make sure you rate us on iTunes. Five stars. Leave a review. Um, you know, just do stuff, you know. Um, Ross Dog on Twitter, at Ross Dog FPT. Um, thank you to Patrick Claybon and Eric Jensen for being on. And Ross Dog, what do you have to say? Um, have you seen the new Lego Ninja movie? I saw, yeah, I, no, I've, I've seen the previews. I really like the commercial with the cat. Yeah, you know, I, I just I want to give a round of applause to Lego for just figuring out how to break through in the 21st century because they hold a very near, dear spot to my heart after growing up with, with Legos and, and building them. But now they're just, they're just running the motion picture scene. So, round of hey, applause. Hey, are you going to get um, Marvel Superhero Legos 2 when it comes out in Switch in November? Probably not. I will never buy a Lego video game. That seems just asinine to me. Well, I'll be doing that. And do you know what game both of us will be buying one month from today? Do you know what game that is? Oh, it's one month from today? Yeah. Super Mario, Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it comes out in one month. I know, man. Nintendo, these strides that they're taking this year where they're just dropping... Huge games on us month after month, it feels like. It's, it's maybe just, the greatest it's year it's to ever fantastic. be a Nintendo fanboy ever. Uh, I, can can you give me another year no, to argue No, this is it. it. We're living it, baby. Yeah. We're living it. Ross Dog, final thoughts. Hang loose. Bye, everybody! John here is here still, and I'm joined by Ross Dog. Ross Dog, say hi. Hi. Uh, little, uh, what is it, no, what is it called? Little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
Rostock, what's the, uh... Oh. What's the word I'm looking for? Little, oh, housekeeping. Chandra's here still. Rock housekeeping. 